joining us today in Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy, and my guest today is Becca Studer. Becca, thanks for coming back. Thank you. Well, you know, we uh, heard in the earlier podcast your story, uh, really a very poignant, very difficult story of uh, how as an adult, your older brother uh, committed suicide and you went through that as a a young wife um, out on your own and some of those difficulties and things that you went through we've talked about, but that's not all of your story. And that's one of the reasons why we've sort of split up the podcast a little (laughs) bit is to kind of help people absorb that and, uh, you know, process through that. The thing that I think is so neat about God is that he lays a foundation in our lives for the things that are to come. And if we yield ourselves to him, uh, we -hmm. can be prepared for whatever is to come. Mm -hmm. If we, by laying a foundation of being in the word, of knowing him, of following him, of trusting him, of being obedient to him, we lay a foundation of preparation. And I think that's your story. I think that's part of your story, at least. As you told us about growing up in a family that you did that loved the Lord, that was laying a foundation for the storms of your life, mm-hmm. would you say? Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I felt like I had this indestructible family growing up. And I guess I, I felt like maybe in my mind, if you have a Christ-centered home and a strong of a one, an active Christian family that I had, that there's no way that it can be torn apart. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be gloom and doom here saying that, you know, um, uh, yeah, I don't want to be gloom and doom here. (laughs) But growing up, I thought I had this indestructible family, nothing to fear with that, that my family would always stick together and they would always be together. And that has not been the case, unfortunately. Um, you know, 2006, um, Ryan took his life. And then fast forward seven years later, this was in 2013. Um, my dad, I got an unexpected knock on my door and my dad, um, came over to my house. I didn't know he was coming and, and he sat down on my couch and looked at me dead in the eye and said, I'm leaving your mom. Hmm. Now, This was the second crisis in my life. Um, I had no warning whatsoever. Again, this was, Mm -hmm. well, with Ryan's, we had no warning with that. That was out of the blue. This is the second storm, completely out of the blue. Now, let me hit pause for a second, tell you about my relationship with my dad, because if you understand more about my dad and I, then you realize how traumatic Mm. How really how traumatic it was for me. So growing up, my dad and I, we had I was closer with my dad than I was my mom. Not that my mom and I weren't. It's just my dad and I had that special, you know. I don't know. I was daddy's little girl, you know, daddy's little princess, and um, my dad was up on a pedestal. Um, in fact, and this is where kind of God put me in check eventually. I think I had him on a higher pedestal than the Lord, Mm. which is, whoa, like, let's correct that a little bit. Okay. I didn't realize that until a little bit later on, but he was up there and he was my number one hero. Um, uh, We just, we had a great relationship. So when he came over to my house and told me that day and I was getting ready to go out of town and like I said it was completely out of the blue and he looked at me in the eye and I thought 
I could tell by the look on his face that he wasn't joking. And he wasn't the type of, he wasn't the jokes, you know, he's not the type of parent. He's not going to say that unless he means it. I knew he wasn't joking. But again, I felt, if you've ever experienced a crisis, you know, what do you feel like during that time? Um, I felt like I was dreaming. I thought I was, what did you just say to me? Mm. Are you, are you kidding me right now? And um, I was getting ready to go out of town and I just felt desperate desperate for I don't know if I felt desperate for the Lord desperate for um I felt like maybe I was drowning a little bit um I just was trying to grab a hold of I needed something stable to grab a hold of physically um emotionally and so anyway, the to be honest, the rest of the day is kind of a blur. I ended up going, um, carrying through with with my plans for that day, and ended up going out of town, which was actually actually a a, a great thing because I ended up being around a, a lot of other Christian women that weekend um, that I needed. But oh my goodness, was it a blow to me and this solid, indestructible family mm. that I had growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, up until I was 26, when Ryan died, it was falling apart. Like, it, I literally felt like it was just disintegrating. Like, just crumbled, you know, I'd picture, I don't know, just stone or rock, and it's just crumbling to pieces. And I thought, what is going on? Why, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And it was just extremely uh, disappointing extremely disappointing. So, you know, in the, and um, I've already mentioned kind of my takeaways that I had with Ryan and, and the why questions and all of that kind of resurfaced. And honestly, with my parents' divorce, um, I had more answers than I did with Ryan's passing, but I didn't really want to know them. Mm. And this is kind of a This is different than when Ryan passed. But the reason I didn't want to know them, I was it was kind of a, I wanted to know them, but I wanted to be careful how much I knew. So I really had to juggle personally what my boundaries were there. How much information is good? How much information is too much information? And the reason I had to juggle that was because, you know, if someone wrongs you, or maybe you've gone through divorce in your family, and you want to know, well, why? Why did this person leave? Or why did so-and-so divorce so-and-so? And you get the answers to those. Well, he did this, or she did that, mm-hmm. or he said this, and they had a fight, and it was about this. Well, what does that do to our heart? Right. We get angry at them, probably, if they, if they were, you know, if there was infidelity or whatever the case may be. But when that truth evolves, we have to be really careful um, how much we know, how much we want to know. Because in our hearts, well, we want to know because maybe we want to feel justified in our hurt. But what's that ultimately going to do to our heart? We don't want to hate other people. We don't want to create more division in our family and other relationships. So that's really, really tricky. And ultimately, the answer, the easy answer for me was, Lord, I want to know, 
but guide me with that and show me how to to set those boundaries. Mm. I still want to have a continued love mm. for my mom. I still want to have a continued love for my dad. Right. And you're, again, now you're the only child right in the middle. Exactly. Which is another part that stunk with this whole thing because I didn't have anybody else to go to. Yeah. I mean, I have my husband, bless his heart, but Ryan was gone and now... You know, I remember even feeling angry about that. Not necessarily angry with the Lord about it, but gosh darn it. <laughs> why am I why am I getting stuck dealing with this? Right. With, you know, with my parents and even thought, well, if Ryan were around, how would he have dealt with it? Yeah. Or, you know, would we have been able to talk about it sibling to sibling? And um, but again, that was just I was alone. I was alone with that. And so I had to, um, I really did it. I got to a point where I didn't want to know uh, the details about my parents' divorce. There were some things that my mom shared with me. There were some things where I had to say, I don't want to know. And she had to find, you know, almost another sounding board mm -hmm. to go to mm -hmm. because ultimately, because of my, now, you know, remember my relationship with my dad, he was my number one hero. I had him on a pedestal. I didn't want to hate him. I didn't want to get to a point where I knew he did this and I knew he did that. And, or I knew, you know, my mom did this or my mom did that. And I didn't want to, I didn't want Satan <laughs> to have that leverage on me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want him to um, to just tear me down knowing that information. So there were some things that I found out, and there were some things where I just had to draw the line. And I'll tell you, my husband really stepped in um, in that way. And he, there were some things I think that he knew that he didn't share with me, and I told him not to share with me. And I think that's okay because yeah. I was protecting my heart. Yeah. And it, it seems to me as you're describing that, that there is wisdom in that. I mean, sometimes as a child of divorce, there are things that, you know, are put on you. And even young, too young, there are things that you know that you don't want to know. But I, I see this as wisdom because you weren't in denial. You were simply trusting that God would take care of it because you wanted right. to continue to honor your mom and dad. Right. Even though you could do nothing about the split, the breakup, the divorce, you wanted to love them and honor them individually. Mm -hmm. So I, I see that as wisdom. Uh, and again, the foundation has been laid through Ryan and processing through his suicide. Mm -hmm. The why questions, you've already learned to say, God, I don't know why. And I have to rest in you and believe right. that you, one day you'll reveal it. But it's, now is not the time. So Absolutely. You're doing this again. I mean, in this situation, <laughs> once again, you're saying, God, I trust you because it sure doesn't make sense to me and mm -hmm. it's not what I want, but I'm also helpless to do anything about it. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And I think you're right. There's nothing wrong with protecting yourself as long as you're not in denial, uh, you know, and saying, oh, you know what I mean? That 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 causes other problems. Right. But, right. But this sounds like a, a wise thing to do. And every case is so individual. It is. It's so different. Every situation is so different. People are different. The circumstances are different. Relationships are different. 
So it sounds to me like God really led you through this he did. He crazy did. time. Like, and, you know, I think it comes down to um, where I wanted my heart to be. I still wanted to have deep down, even though I was, you know, yes, I went through an angry stage with my dad and, and I'll, you know, maybe get into in the future of uh, how our relationship has been since then. But I didn't want to hate him. Hmm. He was my hero. You know, I wanted to I wanted to still have this unconditional love for him. God knew that. Yeah. God knew that. And so he guided me in, you know, uh, what to know, what to divulge to me, what not to, and to judge that. And I really had to, he gave me the strength to be bold enough, even with my relationship with my mom, of saying, I don't want to know this. And, um, you know, which gets tricky because I wanted to be able to be there for her. Yes. I wanted to be able to empathize with her of what she was going through. But that at the same time, well, if this is too much information, if this is going to go down a path of me hating my dad, I don't want to go down that road, you know? And we really have to, be careful because just the the enemy can really use that against us hmm. in a powerful way. So you, I'm curious your relationship with your mom. You, you managed to survive and navigate those waters, and it remained intact. Correct. Mm-hmm. It did, which is awesome. I think that's one of the things that really we're talking about blessings that God brings through trials and circumstances. Were you? Do you feel like you were closer to your mom than you'd been before? You mentioned you were so close to your dad and maybe not as close to right. your mom. Yes. You know, th- uh, my relationship with my mom is still growing closer and evolving. Mm. Um, that's still a, a work in progress. And um, that's a blessing. It is. It is. It, <laughs> it so is. is. And it, again, you know, the the mother-daughter, parent-child kind of situation is it, ever-evolving, the relationship, because as a right. child, you have one kind of relationship, and then as a, a young adult, and then, mm-hmm. you know, the older you get and the older your parents get, it, it just continues to change just naturally. Mm-hmm. And so when you have these other uh, things that are added in as well, it can be really tricky. I love that you bring up that you just ask God for guidance in that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best thing for all of us to do as we go through our life circumstances, because again, each situation is different and we don't have the wisdom maybe even to see, especially in crisis. How do you even see the next step, let alone the future? I, I see in your story how God guided you and gave you wisdom. And that's a beautiful picture for me. Mm, I'm glad. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I, w- I won't take credit for any of this. <laughs> um, definitely going through uh, what we, what I did with Ryan helped I think prepare me Mm. and trust him even more because he got me through he was faithful um and dealing with Ryan but again it was still that um it was still grieving the loss of that indestructible family yeah that I never in my wildest dreams if someone would have told me 15 plus years ago that you know, your family would fall mm. apart. And really, you know, my dad is still living and breathing. and But really, it's just my mom and I, and I would have laughed in their face. Yeah. I wouldn't have even. Yeah, the, the scripture that tells us that Satan is a roaring lion, oh, walking yeah. about seeking whom he may devour, is so real and so true. And when it hits you out of the blue, it is devastating. Mm-hmm. 
the the message though, and I know this is your message. Uh, it's been so in my life as well that God can take the worst of circumstances and make good come from them. Yes, He didn't want this. This is not how He planned things. Right. But He is the kind of God who can take this mess and make good come from yes. it. Yeah. Absolutely. What are some of the good things that have come from from that situation? Um, well, my relationship with my mom, I think, is growing closer. Um, I have learned to, I am learning to forgive much easier yeah. than I have in the past. And the reason I bring that up is um, as, as my dad, you know, left uh, their divorce, it, it took a while for their divorce to become final. Um, but they were separated for many years. And during that separation, um, the enemy really got a hold of my dad and tried to kill and destroy him. Um, and I won't get into the details, but uh, he just was making a lot of poor decisions. And um, was it like a spiral? It was a downward yeah. spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I went through several years probably three to five years of dealing with some intense spiritual warfare Mm. because my dad was feeling guilty um, and feeling convicted of his mistakes and he uh, needed to vent. Mm. He needed to unleash it on somebody and he did that with my mom and I. Um, And so I received... And this probably went on for maybe three, four years. Uh, and it's a wonder, looking back, it's a wonder how God kept me alive during this because it was so, uh, I've just never experienced um, spiritual warfare, let alone to this degree. But for a few years, he, he was, my dad was just very attackful. And he was really, the, the, the enemy was just transforming him into a selfish man um, the opposite of mm. what I knew, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, like I said, he was my hero and just very well-respected, well-loved. Um, and he just was making me feel, he was very attackful. And so I received a lot of emails and texts during that um, those few years. And he was just beating me down. And, um, but you know what, I, uh, I guess I was... God gave me enough maturity in my relationship with him that I knew better than to think, this is really my dad, or is this the enemy? Mm. And I was able to make that separation. That's awesome. Which is, it is really cool. I mean, like I said, I I couldn't, that's, I don't take credit for that. The Lord helped me with that. But I I had enough confidence, and this is who my dad is. Mm -hmm. This is who he, who raised me. Yeah. And this guy who is, you know, uh, communicating with me is not the dad that I know. And so I knew he is under, you know, he, that sa- Satan is having a heyday with him, you know. And I was just able to make that separation. Now, it didn't make things easier because words hurt. And whether it's through email or text, if someone is... Um, you know, unleashing their anger and frustration at you, it hurts, and it still tears you down. Well, and as you said, your your view of him and being on a pedestal, your relationship that was so close suddenly is not anything like that. No. How how painful, how 
uh, and what a betrayal almost. In yes, some ways exactly. It was for you. Yes. That's a great word. Yeah. That's, and you know what? Just disappointment. Mm. Um, I, like I said, I was daddy's little girl and dad, why I'm not, I'm just over here minding my own business. Why yeah. are you being this way to me? Yeah. You know, blaming me for things that I had nothing to do with. So that forgiving, you know, um, in the previous, you know, in the past, I've said forgiving what you can't forget. Yeah. That was really challenging. That was so hard. Because again, words hurt and we want to stick it to people. And we don't want them to forget that they hurt us. Um, but again, my I knew, the and the Lord knows how my heart was feeling during mm. that time. And that's when, during that time, um, you know, what's our first reaction when someone takes a jab at us? Mm. Going to punch back, right? That's right, you know. And, um, and one of the blessings that came out of that is the Lord told me to, to keep quiet. Mm. He told me not to say a word back. And that's a struggle because our first instinct is, uh, you're saying I did this? Well, you did that. And, um, you know, to take that jab right back to him. But he told me to stay silent. Mm. And he told me to talk to him, the Lord, about it instead. And so... I don't know how long this went on for. It seems like it went on for months, but there were there was a period of time where uh, I was really grieving the loss of my dad. Um, it was a different type of grief. Mm-hmm. The Ro- relationship that really... The relationship yeah. that I had on a pedestal, right? He was still living and breathing, unlike Ryan, you know, but I had to... Um, my dad, I, I said my dad had, I had my dad on a pedestal. Well, he ended up falling mm. and kind of coming down. And the Lord, who was underneath my dad, ended up going up, mm. which is okay. That's the Lord wants us to be at, you know, he right. wants him to be at the top of um, our pedestal. So he, that's during that period of time, he really put me in check and said, listen, um, there was a period of time where I was just in bed and I was just in a fetal position and I was grieving Mm. and I was a mess and, uh, just very, very, uh, depressed. And that is the period of time where I feel like the Lord said, listen, I am sorry. I know that you, you know, I know the, the amount of love you have for your dad, respect, admiration, and those are kind of diminishing and falling, you know, falling away. But let me tell you about me. You know, I am your heavenly father Mm. and I will never leave you and I will never disappoint you. Um, And so that's when I realized as much of love and respect and admiration that I have for my dad um, and still do to a certain degree that the Lord is way above that. Mm. And he is my number one hero. Mm. He's a good, good father, even when our earthly fathers fail us, and they will, right? Mm. No parent is perfect. Mm-hmm. And when they fall that far, uh, for the Lord to remind you of who he was, I think that's encouraging for all of us who may come from backgrounds where maybe they weren't raised in a good Christian home. Maybe they didn't have a dad who 
love them, or maybe they have a similar story to yours where their their dad or their mom or someone has failed them mm-hmm. utterly. Mm-hmm. God God can be everything and is everything we need. Right. And right. will show himself faithful to us. So right. Yeah, I would be careful to um, you know, for listeners, who's at the top of your pedestal? Mm. Um and and r- sit back and reflect are they are they higher up than God is yeah. in your life you may yeah. you may need to um, think about that and put that in check hmm. Becca thank you so much for sharing this most difficult uh, part of your journey and story with us you know I know you so I know there's more to this story uh, listeners as you've listened to, to the storms that have hit Becca's life. There's a further storm and we don't have time today in this podcast to talk about it, but we're going to go there and we're going to talk about that because God has been faithful through all of it. And that's Mm -hmm. the amazing thing. You know, today, as you talked about forgiving, uh, when you can't forget, it made me think of a passage of scripture that has just really, I really clung to. And that's in first Peter chapter two. It's talking about Jesus And um, it says, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. And this verse 23 is the one I was thinking of. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Mm. And I feel like that's your story. Mm -hmm. You submitted and yielded yourself. You entrusted yourself to God who judges justly and who for, who's forgiven us. And I think that's a beautiful picture. Mm. And as I said, there's more to the story. So you're coming back, right? <laughs> that's right. Okay. Cause I can't tell that part of the story yes. and I am so appreciative of it. I feel like it's a hard story in many ways, but it's also a beautiful story and one filled with hope. So listeners, we hope you join us on the next podcast here at open the word with circle of friends. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from modern farmhouse to transitional design. Then, meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed. Step back in time with a stay at one of the oldest buildings in historic Berlin, Ohio, the Worthman House. This charming building has a rich history with origins dating back to as early as the mid-1800s. 
The newly restored two-bedroom, one-bathroom suite has hardwood floors and gorgeous chestnut trim throughout. It is also outfitted with locally made Amish furniture. It can sleep six and offers a beautiful panoramic view of Berlin's Main Street. Its location in the heart of Berlin is an ideal spot for walking to various restaurants and shops. Book your stay at the Worthman House through VRBO.